What's up, everybody? You are listening to episode seven of Uncle Dad Talks. I am Uncle Dad, and I am with my beloved co-host, Baby Gay. What's up, Baby Gay? Hello, everyone. Uh, happy to be back again. It's a actually very exciting episode. Very interesting episode to well, say the least horses. Let's, let's before we get there let's introduce the the artist here <laughs> uh just so you guys know that song you just heard was called play and that was by alter ego and you can find that artist and that song and all of his other songs on soundstripe.com that's right soundstripe.com soundstripe is one of our favorite sponsors we have here at uncle dad and we love them so much and we also love you and we want to give you a discount so please uh go to soundstripe.com uh use promo code uncle dad talks 10 uh, all one word, and you will get 10% off your first month's subscription. And again, that song is Play by Alter Ego. David Gabe, now you can get all excited about the episode. So it's it, it was a very interesting episode to to record and discuss. We have a, a very special guest that Uncle Dad will uh, introduce really soon, and uh, we'll just jump right into it. Yeah, absolutely. And really, you probably know it's coming already because it's in the title, but <laughs> if you don't know... If you're in for a special treat, uh, this is probably one of our most, I don't want to say outrageous, but it's definitely one of our most wild ones we've done in a while. Uh, I'm excited for you all to hear it. Uh, a lot of secrets to get told. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, Baby Gabe, do you have any parting words? Uh, no, just please enjoy. Uh, let us know what you think, as always. Uh, if you enjoy us, please share. That's really the best way to show your support, as well as giving us a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, big, big, big announcement. We are officially on one of the world's most popular streaming platforms out there. We are on. Where, what are we on, baby Gabe? We are on Spotify. That's right. You can find us on Spotify now. Watch out, Joe Rogan. We're coming for you. That's right. Also, DC and Warner Brothers got signed, so we could be next too. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we'll, say, we'll just take $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we're not asking for a lot of money. Uh, but yes, uh, we are now on Spotify. Look us up, Uncle Dad Talks, all one word. You can find us on there. We appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Have a good time. We'll see you next week. Uh, I think for me, like one of the things that I have learned throughout my life of like just like collecting and stuff, and I've seen your work pop up here and there. It's I don't I like how you don't give a fuck. Not that you don't give a fuck, but like you you do what you want to do, and that's okay. And I think I want to learn more about that because I'm kind of dealing with that with myself. Is that unusual I, for people to do? I, I feel like some, yes. I feel I like some people are afraid to do that. Yeah, I feel like so. I mean, like, to be honest, we just started doing the show maybe like, I don't know, a month ago. And it's been, uh, it's been great. It's been a great response. You know, we got sponsors very quickly. Uh, we have a lot of things kind of growing in our, in our belts. And I think with us, it's like, it, it was a big push of like, look, I'm tired of working for somebody else. I want to do what I want to do. So I want to do it myself. So I put, you know, what I, my money and my, my time into this and it's been working out pretty well. So what, so what exactly you want to do? You want to just masturbate? D-list celebrities through fucking Zoom meetings? Is that why not? I mean, <laughs> why not? Who, who else does that? Unless there's a better recording platform we can find. A lot, a lot of people do. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> I've been well jerked by people I've never heard of and never see again, but... Okay. No, I'll take it. I'm easy. I'm a cheap date. Sure, sure. You know, I, I hope that's not the case with us. We are trying to build something bigger, so hopefully. Okay, but I mean, you realize, you know, it didn't take much persuasion on your part, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> Does that tell you about me? Uh, that you're open for conversation? I mean, you did, when you solicited this idea to me, yeah, you, yeah. You, you had some kind of sex on the brain, you know? I did, I did. I, did. I think that the climate changed, I feel, but... 
Uh, I did dramatically, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. not to say that it wasn't important, but it definitely blew me very far off of that course. You know, I was very focused on, you know, the sort of triple X aspects of my yeah. work. I haven't really had much time to develop. And then I, and then I suddenly became a political activist and I got, which can we talk about that? Uh, we can, I mean, I still want to talk about fucking, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want to talk about fucking? <laughs> lots of people. That is very so much the truth. About what, what do you, what do you want to know? I mean, I don't, who's listening to this? Maybe you should, I'm just, just for the record, if you've never heard of the fucking suck Lord, I am a so-called pop artist from New York city and my medium is bootleg action figures, uh, mostly of the Star Wars type. My most famous bootleg toy is the Gay Empire Pink mm -hmm. Stormtrooper Amazing. figure. Yep. And I've also been on a few terrible reality shows as well. <laughs> well, you were on the Goldbergs too, right? I was. Yeah. And how, how was that? That must have been fun, right? It was too short, but yes, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> too short. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. Checks for that, so that part is fun. Yeah, that's always yeah, fun, right? Yeah, that's nice. huge checks, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, that's how I discovered you, too, was through the... Uh, actually, no, how I discovered you was through the April O'Neil. Oh, so I know where you're coming from. <laughs> where am I coming from? <laughs> well, you're a cornhole, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, how did you... You were a fan of April O'Neil, who, for people uh, who don't know, is a is probably like what you call like a nerd porn star. Yes. Like a, yeah. A gamer and she's into the Ninja Turtles clearly by her name. And yes. yeah. a lot of the pornography that she makes is centered around, you know, things that appeal to nerds. Yes. Uh-huh. So, so, okay. So. Nerds need love too. <laughs> I don't so, I mean, I mean, look like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm very open about that. I'm, I'm a very, I'm a sexual being and that's cool, right? Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. People need to be more open about that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think uh, being open about the idea of like, look, uh, you're a sexual person. Like, that's okay. I mean, obviously, you got to do it in, with respect and consent, right? But you know, yeah. I mean, the the world is changing dramatically right now. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Everything is changing. I feel like continually, you think everything is just changing, and it's it's for the good. And I guess you know, but sometimes I, I kind of feel like I miss like some days. You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's all for the good but you know sometimes it's the process is ugly but of course yes, of course definitely yeah. so please now that we got an introduction out of the way let's talk about what happened to you please i, I think our, i think our audience would like to know okay well you ask me what you want to know i've already heard uh, this too much okay okay so i mean to be honest i don't know the full spectrum of what happened all i know is that you were protesting and you got arrested correct uh, yeah, I was assaulted by a cop and, and then arrested. Okay, so now you were peaceful the whole time, correct? Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I was peaceful. I was running away when I was... <laughs> right. I was tackled and body slammed. And, and this took place where? In Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, when, that, when that had happened, I mean, did you immediately just... They just, this what? They just they beat you and they just threw you in the cop car? No, they took me to the hospital first. Okay. Oh, at least they did that, I suppose. At least well, they I, I got a, I mean, I got, I was the, the arresting officer was a fairly decent person. Oh, was he? Okay. Well, I mean, as decent as you can be working in a barbaric system for barbaric purposes, you know, okay. um, I'm not sure if he was even the guy that threw me on the ground in the first place, but I got my head cracked open and he took responsibility for it, whether he did it or not. He 
he protected me from further injury and he got me through the system as painlessly as possible. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. You know, the jail. Can you explain that to me? Because actually I'm not familiar with that. Where are you? Where are you? I'm from San Jose. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what do you want to know? Like, how was it the system, like getting into the, the system? And, yeah, the booking process. It's garbage. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is, I mean, first of all, you know, I, I got off lucky. Some people were much more severely injured than me. And it's a sort of peculiar way to treat peaceful protesters. I mean, I get it. You know, they were out after curfew, whether you think that that's a legitimate law or not. I mean, they were purposefully breaking the law. And I understand that if you're in the, a police officer, you have to follow the command. And if the command, if they had a quota for arrests that they had to make or whatever, I get that. And, you know, when you do civil disobedience, part of the arrangement is you have to be prepared to be arrested. You know, that's part of the deal. Sometimes right. that's actually the point. Right. You know, you can like, you know, that was what the lunch counter protest was about. You just sit there and you continually violate the unjust law and suck up the consequences until until the laws change. And I'm not trying to compare my one meager activity against, you know, what people in the civil rights movement put up with. But as an example, you're supposed, you're supposed to be prepared to get arrested. And I was, I just wasn't necessarily, it didn't, I didn't need to be beaten up to be arrested, you know, of course, right. right. Like 30, you know, and like, once you grab me, you got me, you know, and right. it's like, I'm, I'm not armed and I'm, you know, okay. You, there's the, the police are supposedly trained, you know, how to restrain people. And it just seemed like more, more than anything else, it was just like a desire to flex and to exert dominance and get revenge because they'd been getting shit on for like a week. Wow. Right. Right. Getting set on fire and, you know, all sorts of invective was being hurled at individual officers and, you know, their authority was being challenged and they didn't like that. And I guess instead of trying to like, Burnish their image. They wanted to show a little fuck you, and I happened to be the asshole standing in the front. So I got that. That I mean, some girl in the crowd got tased. You know, she oh. was in the hospital next to me, and she had the taser prong stuck in her stomach. You know, oh my god! And they had to take those out, and that was a ghastly situation. Oh sure, and, I bet. Yeah, I mean, and I got off. So, but saying I got off relatively easy. Like the cop that got me, I think he really just wanted to do his job and go home because he had been working for fucking 36 hours. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Right. You know? And uh, I just figured, well, if I'm going to get out of this, this guy's my only hope, really. So if I just make his life easier, he'll make my life easy. And that's what I did. So I was out of the ho- I was in the hospital for five hours, and then I was in jail for about five hours, and then I got home. But there was a lot of other people, heard firsthand accounts from other people about how they were detained in those miserable zip tie handcuffs for like oh, yeah. Yeah. and they would just drive people out to the middle of nowhere and just leave them there that's or disgusting just do just like bizarre barbaric you know things that to me seem to have no real uh community safety purpose and they're just designed to punish and inflict and it just i can't i just it's so i can't believe it i mean i'll never call the police again for any reason yeah you know, I, can, I, I can imagine I can't, I mean, I was never like a fan of the police, but it's mm-hmm. like I had sort of like a neutral relationship with them. And, you know, that's destroyed now. You know, not, I've been to protests before and I've been pushed and shoved and corralled and sort of chased off, but I've never been physically assaulted. And it just, you know, 
now I see a cop and I just have this reflexive fear, you know, so uh, now I have a minuscule, minuscule, tiny little scrap of a taste of like what it feels like to be black all the time, every day, in yeah, every right. situation. I mean, again, I'm not trying to compare compare it, but you know, it's just like, I've always been sort of sus of cops, but I've never had that body fear, you know, yeah. where like you clench up before you even think about it. And it's like, great. You know, now I got to live with that shit too. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fucking answer is. I got, I got, I, I submitted my testimony online to the attorney general of New York state. And then they called me up and they had me do an online, uh, they went a zoom meeting and I, and I gave the account on public record and now they want me to do more. Did the zoom call work? (laughs) I don't know how I was able to log in. I think it's your fault that somehow you encrypted the fuck out of this. You don't blame me. You could have been me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I had to go through extra hoops to get it. Baby game fucks it up every week. Don't worry. (laughs) That's the running theme. I guess whatever we're here now. And I, and I, I guess I had to create an account or something. But, uh, well, I appreciate you taking that time. Really, I do. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, whatever. I, I'm a man of my word. But so anyway, I don't know. That's that's it. I don't know what the fuck I managed to make. I raised some money for. Because yeah, you sold your. your I did see that. Right? I I packaged a bunch of my arrest ephemera, like the everything from the staples that were removed from my head to the wow. shoe that they made me take off to the hospital bracelet and the bandage, and I put that in a little package and I put that on eBay and it wound up selling for 700 bucks and uh which is a testament to how stupid my fans are and, uh, <laughs> and thank god for that you know right of course yeah. right right god, god and they can stay dumb forever right and then I, and then I and then I donated the money to Brooklyn Bail Fund which awesome. is uh, I, is it I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> well, it's great that you did that. I like, think so. Making we have something like that over here too. advantage of that so. situation. It just feels weird because you just, it's such a detached process. It's like, oh, okay, here it is. Here's 650 bucks and it just goes in a hole and you get a little note that says, thank you. And then you never know if anything happened or if it actually did any good. I don't even know how much bail is, you know. Right. which is a blessing really. But like, I don't know if that helped anybody or who it helped or even if I donated to the right thing. I, I don't know. It just, it, it felt like something to do, but nothing, nothing ever feels like enough. You know, uh, you know what? I think right now it's like the best way to put it. Nothing feels like enough right now. You know, and it's just hard trying to figure out even just like, I don't feel okay doing something for myself. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like anything I do to help myself is sort of an act of selfishness. And I'm a fucking supervillain, bro. Like, <laughs> this way, you know, I'm not supposed to care. And then, you know, you know, I find myself like sitting here making, coming up with justifications as to like, okay, now I have to get paid from, I have to get paid. I mean, Hey, in the end, Darth yeah. Vader cared. You know what I mean? <laughs> and look what happened to him. Even, even Lex Luthor does good sometimes. Yeah. What does, what does Lex Luthor do? That's good. Yeah. Like, please tell us. <laughs> Lex Luthor usually like, uh, help create, uh, cures for people who are like ill and, you know, uh, makes the public for free. Obviously as a supervillain, Lex, Lex Luthor sometimes also has ulterior motives as well. Like beefing up security in Metropolis, he also has like backdoor access. But you know, in a way, Lex Luthor also does some good. Well, I mean, that's sort of what I'm trying to—the angle I'm trying to get because I don't want to lose my identity and all this fucking heroism. Right. You know, right. it's like how you know it just 
the super villains that love children, you know, are the, are the sort of like role models, you know, being an evil doer is a, is a nuanced job, you know? (laughs) I mean, why don't you, why don't you look at it like being like the Punisher, right? Uh, Dr. Doom. <laughs> I mean, Doctor Doctor Doom is pure evil. <laughs> Do- he takes Doom, care of his country, though. Doctor Doom treats you well if you show the proper um, subservience. Sure, you know, which requires a lot. But I mean, he is not. He's different from the Green Goblin. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I think the Green Goblin is is much more of like a chaotic evil character. Oh, absolutely. Or about just sort of revenge and destruction without seeming like there's much of a purpose behind it. Where Doctor Doom is misguided as he is, you know, and I hope he didn't hear me say that. (laughs) Some sense of purpose, which is just he believes that he is just superior to everybody, and if people just did what he said, the world would run smoothly. And he might have a point. You know, it's just his means are tyrannical. Same thing with Killmonger. I mean, Killmonger was kind of right. And yep, Killmonger right. also, like, at the end, they did what he wanted. You know, they, they changed their position from being isolationists to being altruistic. Right. And that was because of Killmonger. I mean, the only thing wrong with Killmonger was really his methods, yep. which, mm-hmm. which were evil and self-serving in a way. But, you know, so I try to figure out what my alignment is, you know, on a daily yeah. basis. You know, I mean, it's probably something boring. I mean, <laughs> chaotic good, maybe. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mm, probably chaotic yeah. good, right? Chaotic yeah. good or like even like just sort of lawful neutral, which is like. Yeah, lawful neutral, I can see. Lawful, yeah. You know, I mean, I think they're, you know, it depends on what, what, what the <laughs> individual situation is. Right. You know, but chaotic evil just doesn't work for anything. No, yeah. it doesn't. It's, that's like a, that's a mind, that's mindless evil. And lawful good, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose lawful good stuff. Hey, Captain America pulls through, right? <laughs> yeah. Guns <laughs> of war. He, is he happy? Is Captain America happy? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> If I could sit down with Captain America and be like, just look at me in my eyes and tell me you're happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm just saying that just doesn't work for me, you know. Right, um, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That's the only thing that matters. What exactly. I affected by this. Right, exactly. You don't care what I have to say. It's about what you have to I'll say. I hear what you have to say as long as it pertains to it's me. To me, right, right, right. <laughs> you may well, have something valuable to add, you know, and I'm, may, not, I'm maybe. not stupid, you know. I'm, I mean, I know I'm not perfect. So if anything can help me, you know, um, tighten up my hustle, right. then I'll hear it, you know. And speaking of your hustle, where can they buy your stuff at? Well, no? You know, where, where can they buy your stuff? Tell my it's guests where they can out. buy your stuff. It's all sold out. Sorry. Everything's sold out. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a few little bullshit things like patches and pins. You know, I mean, I would love to sell them for you. So let's sell them. I mean, you go to suckadelic.com. That's my website. And then there's a link to the supersuckstore.com, which is awesome. where stuff is. Awesome. Awesome. So you want to talk about fucking... Are we done talking about supervillains? <laughs> we can talk about supervillains. How long is this show? Uh, usually we go for about an hour. I mean, you tell me. You you hit me up and saying you have a lot of shit with sexuality in your work, and we want to talk about it. Why why did you pick that angle of all things? Well, so initially the conversation was going to be sex because what we do in our show is that we talk about let's say some sort of you know real life theme in comic books. So we'll talk about police corruption, uh, you know. 
police, police brutality, uh, you know, just, just stuff that happened in, in the real world, connecting it to comic books, right? So we, what, that's kind of what we've been doing. We've had guests, you know. I listened to one of your shows. You did? Yeah. Which one? It was like the first episode. Did you like oh, it? Oh, the pandemics? It was good enough. Yeah, <laughs> you hey, can tell me good if it enough sucks. to get you here, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that it sucks. I, for some reason, I didn't have time to listen to it all the way through. But I liked it. I mean, you guys sounded cool, and I liked the angle of it. Thank and you. the sound quality was good. So, you know. Thank you. And that's that. kind of what we're going for. It's like that, those themes. And so originally, the conversation was going to be sexuality in comics, right? So how we deal with... You know, I think different characters dealing with their sexuality, different characters dealing with, you know, being sexual in comic books. Um, One of the standout examples, you know, it's like I kind of stopped reading comics a long time ago. So I'm really only kind of more versed in like the Silver Age. And, and see, that's that's what I want, because a lot of our I think a lot of people don't talk about that age anymore. And even me, I'm not super familiar with that age. So I would I would love to hear about what you think about that. Like. And my most recent memory of like somebody really dealing with their sexuality and like, actually, no, no, no. I take it back. I have another one. Have you heard of a comic book called Faithless? No. So Faithless is running right now through Boom Comics and it's uh, they just made a sequel called Boom Comics is. So that tells you. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're probably up there now. They're like the top 10, you know, comic book publishers now. That's great. I mean, I, I stopped reading comics when they started printing them on that glossy paper. Damn. Like, <laughs> I like, I like the pulpy four color printing comics. You so know? you like fucking like Robert Crumb and shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh dude, okay. I haven't read any Robert Crumb stuff in like ages. I don't know if he still makes comics. Well, I think he's dead, right? <laughs> he's alive. Oh, is he still alive? He lives in France. Does he, he really? He's old and looks kind of frail, but he's still alive. I just don't know if he's producing comics anymore. I mean I think there needs to be a super suckler comic. Well, I have some ideas for my own pornography that directly riffs on Robert Crumb. Oh, you know, really? Like, oh, yeah. Well, when I can finally get it together, you know, and get my OnlyFans going and I can actually start to get, you know, book, book female talent to perform with, uh, I want to do like the Robert Crumb uh, diagrams, you know, where, you know, he's drawn some pretty outrageous sexual positions, mm-hmm. you know, and so I would like to find, you know, women that are sort of proportioned the way he draws. And I'm yeah. sort of built like him, you know. And so just the idea of like this really tiny guy doing this outrageously kind of ac- acrobatic and almost sort of like like gravity-defying sexual positions, it'd be fun to tr- sort of try to actually enact <laughs> them in, in real life. You know? I, I think I vote yes for that, please. Yeah. That would be very interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try. It's like, it's just, it's, it's hard to get this thing off the ground, but, um, but we'll see. But yeah, that's, but let's get back to the other subject. We were talking about something in boom comics or what? Yes. Boom comics is a publishing company. They made a comic called faithless. Uh, more or less what faithless is about is a girl named faith who deals with like the occult and shit, but also mm-hmm. deals with like sex orgies consistently. And she's an artist and the way that she basically deals with, you know, uh, doing her art is sex, all sexual driven stuff. So like, for example, the cover of the second one, uh, Faithless number two, the cover literally is more or less an orgy. Like that's just straight up just fucking titties and dicks everywhere. And it's insane. Um, I mean, and then at the end of uh, book one for Faithless two, she's literally just painting with her own period, bud. So Uh, so if you get a chance, look that up. Faithless two. It's like an adult comic. I mean, they don't call it an adult comic. 
uh, because it's still like. Is that does that distinction even exist? In, I, don't I don't think so. Not anymore. I no, like, not how it used seen. to be. Yeah, I think now it's just it's a comic book not for kids, but not like an adult comic. They don't put that comic codes thing on the covers of comics anymore, do they? No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, that I bullshit. Don't remember when they stopped doing that? Yeah, I, I don't even remember that either. But I remember like being such a fucking problem when they would say zombie. They couldn't say zombie. You could say only as a Vembi or something like that. Well, I don't remember that. But I mean, I just remember I would. There was definitely like the other room where the the underground comics were. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Go to St. Mark's Comics, and they had that little other part where you would get like Cherry Pop Tart and Horny Biker Slut. Wow. And and those ty- and Freak Brothers and shit like that. You know, and they were just. Dis- very distinct from the regular <laughs> right right i mean I, I guess some of those lines have, have well i think i think those probably still exist but i think with like what i'm talking about faithless i think they consider it more of like art you know what i'm saying like right. you know art house you know what i mean like it's more story driven it's not just about graphic novel when you say yeah, it's a graphic novel, graphic novel. It's a gra- right it's a graphic novel right 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 i think it's more or less what it is now um so when you when you talked about like um like uh silver age sexuality what are examples that come to your mind actually nothing 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 at all from silver age well no just because i don't think it was addressed very much i mean you know like i probably stopped reading comics in like 1987 you know like okay. i stopped like collecting going to comic stores and buying back issues of marvel and all that shit yeah. so this was a long fucking time ago and i don't remember a, a single gay character I don't even remember that even being a thought, you know, that a character might be gay. There was like some scenes where characters would kiss or maybe you would see a little, some storms like side boob or anything like that. But like really complex issues of sexuality didn't seem to come up ever. Hmm. You know, that, that's interesting. I, I feel like they would have talked about that because I know they talked a lot about drug use back in the day. They talked a lot about, uh, you know, even racism and stuff back in the day. I, I, I feel that sexuality would have been a part of that too, but. That doesn't seem to be the case. It shouldn't surprise me. I'm not an expert on it. You know, it's like I have my own little narrow window of of of, of reference. But I mean, no, I don't really remember them taking on issues in the same way that they kind of do now. Who's a character in your mind that you've always heard like, oh, that dude has to be gay? I, you know, to be honest, I never really thought of it. No, 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 no. It almost felt like all the characters in like regular comic books were like sort of desexualized in a way. Really? I never felt that way. I always kind of felt like I could see. I mean, know. like if the female characters, you know, always had their tits popping out. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wear these ridiculous thongs. Like Electra, I used to like look at Electra's ass all the time. <laughs> Electra, then what was it? Um, uh, Psylocke? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds <laughs> original, like drawing. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Okay. Well then, okay. So we're talking sexuality in, in your uh, work. I mean, I don't, I don't you know, I, I don't know. I mean, and it certainly doesn't really exist very much in action figures. I'll, I'll tell you that. I see. I actually dig that about what you do because you kind of put that, at least now I see you, you put that like sexuality, sexual spin on toys. And I feel like that's something should have been done a long time. Right. Cause I don't even think they really make like high end, you know, sexually driven statues or busts or anything. Yeah, sure. There, are. yeah. There's plenty of things, but they're sort of spread. I mean, I remember there was a who was it? McFarland did like a porn star series. Really, I actually know that. It might have been almost 20 years ago. Now that I think about it, you know, they did like the Jenna Jamesons of the world. You know? <laughs> and I don't know. They weren't like 
fully naked or maybe they were partial like you'd see their tits but there was you know they were you know they were very mcfarland they were super realistic looking and it was just some fucking you know like bimboed out white girl you know right right whatever. Mm-hmm. but then in the sort of underground toy world you see like it was the barber rockets by rock and jelly bean which is a famous you know rock and jelly bean he's like I, an illustrator I don't actually japan and he just draws these like super hyper sexualized women with like big tits that point upwards with those triple decker nipples and one of the <laughs> triple decker you know like one body kind of nipples you know and then, <laughs> you know and he made a series of, of figures called the barber rockets which you might want to look up they're just like these sort of space alien chicks with just crazy bodies and they're all touching their pussies and shit like that so that those exist and then there's another line of figures that are a little more recent called the booty babes which is um company that just makes um fantasy sculptures of you know mostly women of color and they just have like really big asses you know and they're just (laughs) and then they just have different outfits there's like a slave layer riff and then just you know they have big afros and stuff like that those are fun you know i mean i don't know if anybody's gonna want to watch me jerking off on those things Um, (laughs) but we're gonna find out there is a genre of porno called figure bukkake no way. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty much um, guys on Pornhub. They uh, get these maquettes or statues. They're mostly of, uh, sorry. Is this going to happen right now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is his first OnlyFans video. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, they basically, they just get like a little figurine of like an anime character most of which I don't know who the fuck they are. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> and then they just jerk off on it. And because the, the doll is so small by comparison, it looks like they're just being, <laughs> so I might try that just for fun, you know, just cause I, until I can, until I can like get, like get up and running and like establish myself as like a, a you know, a performer, you know, I have to do solos, you know, and also we're still in quarantine technically. So that's a good point. Creative ways to like, you know, present myself as a sexual commodity as an individual. So it's like, I have to keep it on brand. And I figured if I can just jerk off on toys, I mean, that's something. You know what? I would just pay for that to support, but like, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> thing. I mean, it's just, it's just interesting because like a lot of my female friends and just are just suddenly deciding to start OnlyFans, you know, and like, oh, it, yeah. dudes, they, what, they go up there, they throw on a couple of pictures of their tits and a little cute picture of them doing something artsy. And then they get action, you know, and good for <laughs> them, you know, but it's like, I rarely, none of no men, no straight men seem to be really doing that. So it's just like, I'm going to be the fucking schmuck, you know, <laughs> sticks his neck out. And it's like, okay, you've been following my artwork and music and, and television career for 20 years. Now you got to see my dick and it's five bucks a month. You know, so we'll see who goes for that, you know. Try to break that glass ceiling. I guess I got, I mean, why not? You never know. You never yeah. fucking know. I mean, I've been working out. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That is, that is fucking genius though. I mean, really, like if you're, if you're comfortable with doing that, like that's fucking awesome because yeah, it's like, not. That's such a good way to look at it. Like, cause like to your point, like all everybody, like in my opinion, every motherfucker has a OnlyFans now, every woman at least. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, they take one or two pictures and then that's about it. And then like they're raking in money. Like why not be the guy that does that? Well, 
I didn't say they were raking in money. Well, I mean, some of the people I follow do. I'm just saying. <laughs> you got to keep it up. I mean, it's like of course. You just throw a couple of pictures and call it a day. I mean, I'm just saying it's more like it's credible, you know, like sure. you're a right. young woman and you have some sense of style or there's something original or quirky about you that distinguishes you in some way. It's not much of a stretch to think that somebody would want to pay to see that. I mean, I have tons of people that I've known for years and, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to look at their tits, you know, no problem. But I'm a fucking guy and men are gross and ugly and worthless, you know, without women, you know, unless they're gay, then that's a whole other thing. You know? <laughs> and I'm not selling myself that. I mean, if a gay person, if a gay man wants to jerk off to watching me jerk off, I'll take his money and God bless. Thank you for the, <laughs> you know, but that's not necessarily my audience. I mean, so I don't know who's going to fucking want to watch that. I guess we'll find out. I might yeah. think I can make a fool of myself and everyone will see how small my dick is. And then you can, and then I can go hide in a hole somewhere or, or maybe it'll go the other way. I don't know. I mean, it, go ahead, baby. I was going to say either way, at least you can say you tried. Well, yeah. I mean, trying, you know, yeah. Trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, <laughs> I don't even know where to go after that. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I think that for me personally, I just feel like there's like sort of like a new sexual revolution taking place. Dude, I am so glad you said that. Absolutely. Yeah, Why, because I, you agree. I do agree. I do feel like there is like a sexual revolution happening now. Like I think OnlyFans, you know, kind of like made it more, I don't want to say maybe socially acceptable, but it seems to me that sex work is becoming more okay, I feel. And I feel like we're pushing towards like a new a new barrier of like saying, you know, sex work could be legal work. I mean, look, every woman, every man has a right to to do what they want with their body within, I guess, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, that having that ability to say, look, you know, I, I want to show you my nuts or whatever, or I want to show you my tits. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's okay. And I feel like nowadays more people are being, taking more risks and more chances, you know, just showcasing off. Normalized for like sort of civilians. I mean, yeah. you know, and it's like the thing is we have all these, you know, generations of sex workers who have really taken the brunt of society's condemnation, you know, and continue to do that because the reality is, uh, we still live in a caste system here where it's like, once you do that, once you become, once your tits or your ass or your pussy is in the public domain, you're in a particular category now, you know, you are part of like a sort of untouchable cast, you know, and it's like certain opportunities and doors in this society are now immediately closed to you, you know, or it's been that way. Like God forbid, you know, you made a porno when you're in when you were twenty, and now you want to run for Congress when you're fifty. Forget mm-hmm. it. It's yeah, not, it no, I, I there, there's been plenty of examples of that too. Like uh, educators, you know, who've been models in like lingerie, or some who even did porn beforehand, yep. fired. Yeah, done. And that that might be start of, starting to change a little bit. Of course, it wouldn't have changed if it wasn't for sex workers in the vanguard who are now, you know, not even necessarily going to reap the benefits. Of, yeah. this, of this the sort of newfound sexual liberty that regular people finally feel safe enough. Mm-hmm. You know, finally, like just average housewife feels safe doing an OnlyFans, you know, where, you know, but she didn't put in the work, you know, to make it safe. 
Right. You know, but right. I'm not condemning that person, but I'm just saying, you know, I just certain the real heroes of these movements get forgotten sometimes. But I think it's great that like every person you meet is going to have an OnlyFans, just like every idiot has a fucking Facebook. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, so I think I think uh, Baby Gabe should make it OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Baby Gabe, yeah. No, I don't even know what content. No one wants to see any of that. Jerk, instead of jerking <laughs> off on toys, jerk off on comic books. <laughs> like, get the picture of like some j- comic book and then jerk off on it. <laughs> you never know what what people will go for. I think the thing about OnlyFans that's interesting, or just like is that it doesn't have to be porn per se. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be specifically something to jerk off to. It could just be sexualized content, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like, for me, what I would like to do is like, I'm not trying to create strictly just pornography. I'm trying to create like an erotic entertainment channel, you know, yeah. where there's like programming that it's not, most of it is pornographic, but there's other types of shows to watch. It's like Netflix, but it's everything on it is about sex in some way, you know? And I just think that there's, you know, even talk shows, interviews, cooking shows, you know, that are just sexually charged, you know, could all be a thing, you know, like my, my, one of my goals is to read from beginning to end the entirety of Lord of the Rings while getting my dick sucked. You know, like that's what I'm like. <laughs> Just an idea of mine. Oh man, how many pages is that? You should read the Bible. A thousand? No, I don't want to do that. The Bible. It's been done already. Who you by you? Protest going by my window right now. It's oh, Juneteenth. Oh, it's, yeah, yes, yep, yep. Yes. we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't been out to a protest since I since I got my head cracked, but um, now it's just sort of part of the background. Yeah. Where, you know, it's weird. Like the urgency seems to have gone out of it in some ways, but I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. But anyway, Lord of the Rings is over a thousand pages long, depending on the edition. And mm-hmm. sure. so it would probably take up to like maybe 200 episodes. It's how fast of a reader you are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> are you reading a lot? Take your time with it. Yeah, I'm reading a lot. I would be reading a lot. Like an episode would be, I'll read a chapter and, and the female talent is sucking my dick throughout. The whole <laughs> and I can, I can solicit feedback from her as, as, as the episode goes on. And then I would be the fun, that would be a fun thing to do too. Like, you know, as a content trade, you know, I'll eat her pussy while she reads Harry Potter or whatever, whatever she's into. <laughs> there you go. I think you actually might have something very special. Do you have what you've done? I don't know. Does, does that sound like a good idea? Like, I like of, it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of the first, the first time I'm like sort of speaking them aloud, out loud to other people, and they they make sense to me when when I rattle them around and yeah. about the brain. But you know, hearing them said out loud, I don't know. It's, 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 I, I think you have might have something kind of special there because I feel like it's different for sure. And, you know, depending on, obviously, I think a lot of it has to go about your talent too, right? So like, or not even your talent, but how much, how fun you make it, I feel. And I feel like you'll make it pretty fun, uh, putting that suck lord mentality in there. And, uh, oh yeah, I think you're a fun guy. You know, Darth Vader's fun, right? <laughs> I don't like myself to Vader very much, to be honest with you. Why you is know, that? I'm always a Boba Fett guy. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> hey, got the helmet. So why I just feel like, okay. I mean... Let's talk about Boba Fett. Why not? Why, why, why that reaction? It's, I just feel like everybody's always on Boba Fett's nuts. Like, oh, he's so <laughs> amazing. He's so great. And like, he was gone 
ASAP. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I mean, Boba Fett is one of the biggest disappointments in all of Star Wars, and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of disappointment. Exactly, yes, yeah. Massive disappointment. Yeah. Which is fine because it prepares you for actual life, you know? Sure. Like, you know, but I mean, I, the thing is, I was on the Boba Fett tip in 1979, so I, I got hyped on Boba Fett even before I knew how it was all going to play out. Right. You know, like okay. my, my, my ex, the thing that branded fit Boba Fett into my mind was the holiday special cartoon. Yeah, the holiday special, yeah. And the mail-away figure. Before I even saw him in the fucking movie, I was already sold on it. You know, just okay. because of what it suggested, you know. And that was always what was cool about Boba Fett is like you could just project something onto him. You know, and this, so I was like, and this was like the, when I was a kid, you know, I used to put the costume on and mm-hmm. go out to the Halloween parade and march around. And that was like the really first sense of like confidence I ever felt. You know, I was always the small kid quiet, you know, didn't have a lot of, you know, didn't have a lot of, you know, wasn't very aggressive or anything. And just like putting on that armor gave me some kind of power. And that's why I signed on to it. And I just, what I liked about him is just that he was kind of his own guy. You know, he just sort of yeah. did, did what he wanted. Of course, then it all got shitty and everything like that. But, you know, Darth Vader's a fucking sucker. <laughs> what i mean i look i think my my favorite character is always gonna be lando so i mean <laughs> okay but why i think it's because of billy d williams i love billy d williams yeah. you know like as a character i think he's like i mean i think they fucked him up in that uh you know the the han solo story movie they didn't do a very oh. good job of lando oh, i thought that was i like that i thought he did a good job that was fun. I know, he acted good like Dan, donnie glover or uh, sorry donald glover did a good job of acting like i would think lando would be but i feel like they didn't do enough with lando in my well, opinion like what do you mean what more could they have done and that's the thing like i i've been asked that before and I, I don't know like the true example i can give but like i just feel like i wanted i wanted to see more of lando than i did han if that makes sense did you feel something yeah, was missing or i mean yeah. i don't know he just didn't i mean maybe i don't know what it's kind of a dick you know it's a <laughs> <kind> of, <laughs> yes very self-centered type of you know just sort of like sensual person who just seems into gratification and just sort of like looking good and, and winning all the time. And that's, that's, I mean, but that's all they've given us of him. You know, we don't really get much of his inner, inner life. I mean, in a way he's similar to Han Solo, you know, there's a similar Mm -hmm. arc, but I mean, Han Solo is a profound character. I think he's actually probably the, one of the most profound characters in all of Star Wars. I mean, now that you see the entirety of, of his life and see how this person was this nobody, even just as much of his, more of a nobody than Luke Skywalker. Cause Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. at least has the lineage, you know, that right. makes right. that thrust him into the events. Han Solo is a true nobody. And yet somehow he is, and he doesn't necessarily have the force, although I think he does in a different way. You know, he's not like, doesn't use the force. I mean, he calls it luck and he has a touch and he can, but I mean, he, it's almost like the force uses him as this sort of pivotal mm-hmm. character that, that important events surround, you know, like, you know, that he just got wound up sort of accidentally funding the rebellion at the end of the movie. Right. And, right. And then how he is, plays this important role 30 years later in like the, you know, when the balance of the force is in question again with Kylo Ren and he just happens to find himself hanging out with Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia. And, <laughs> and the thing is, it's such a tragic story in a way because he can't really ever own it. Like he has this concept of himself of being the bad guy. He's right. like me. He wants to be the villain, but he's too good. 
He's just naturally a good-hearted person. And that's why he always loses is because he's trying to do the wrong thing. He's trying to be a moral person in an amoral world. And it never works. And he always fails. You know, and he's, it, it got him killed. In the mo- it's the most, tra- in my opinion, the most tragic death in all of Star Wars. You know, he really thought he could save his son like that. Right, right. Know, and instead, he just went. It's just ridiculous. It's just fucking, it's just crazy how that, that's probably the truly the character that I have most in common with in all of Star Wars. Han Solo? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a it's big... Just, it's so interesting. <laughs> I never thought of it that way, and it, it, it casts it in an interesting light, like a very different mean? perspective of, Han, of just, like, you saying, like, how, like, uh, Han Solo has the Force, but it more, like, it uses him than he uses it, and how, like, he's this big, pivotal character in, like, every you know, every scene, every movie. And it, it, I feel like it's a perspective. I never looked at him uh, in that way. I mean, how does he fly the Millennium Falcon and do all that crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. It's the force. It has to be. It's got to be the force. Have you ever gotten arguments about that? Arguments? No. Everyone I, agrees. I feel like some people <laughs> would get upset about that. <laughs> well, they fuck the force up. You know, they can't, they can't make up their mind what the force even is. Yeah. You know, it changes from trilogy to trilogy depending on how it just happens to serve the story at the moment. And right. it falls apart by the end. Like, Rise of Skywalker is a mess. I liked it. You know, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's mm-hmm. fun. But it just, it can't even follow its own internal logic. No. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, and it just like, it's just a mess, you know. And it's too bad because there's so much material there and they just couldn't figure out how to make it work. And I could sit here for five hours and tell you what I would have done, but can we can we do that on another episode? I mean, yeah, sure, if you want. If, I would love to. I'd hear, love to like, hear that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another episode. Let's do a whole in-depth thing about Star Wars. Star Wars that. rewritten. Yeah. Yeah, but it's at the end of the day, it just becomes depressing because it's not going to happen. I have this sort of list of movies that I'm going to watch when I get to heaven. Okay. You know? <laughs> You know, when I finally leave this life and go somewhere and I go to a realm of pure energy where anything I want to be true can be true. Uh-huh. First thing I'm going to sit down and watch the trilogy of the Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings. Okay. You know, I'm going to see that, that style and that story shown to its completion because that's, in my opinion, and I will physically fight you. <laughs> <laughs> the superior to the Peter Jackson movies in almost every way. Okay. And, yeah. And, and, and then also Star Wars, you know, it's like, I would love, like, my friend pitched me this idea about the original, the Star, the Star Wars prequels that were actually starred the young Alec Guinness and were filmed at that time. So like you have like James Dean as yeah. Anakin Skywalker, and then you have, <laughs> the, you know, you have Christopher Lee and, and Peter Cushing as younger versions of themselves, you know, and, uh, and he, he, fle- he fleshed out. It was like Audrey Hepburn as Queen Amidala. Oh, my God. And it was just like, fuck, this is never going to happen. You know, Sidney Poitier as Mace Windu. You oh, know, shit. and it's just like, fuck, this kid's- obviously all these people are dead. But, you yeah. know, in heaven you can watch this movie. And I think that would be fantastic. And then uh, we'd have to work on Last Jedi. and, and- <laughs> <laughs> Full rewrite. That what you had just said just blew my mind because I never thought about it like like an idea like that and I think that would be amazing. James Dean, holy shit, he'd be great as Anakin Skywalker. He'd be, yeah. he'd be amazing as yeah, especially the way he's like the way he portrayed the characters. Like oh my god, yeah, very. Played, he played the tortured character great. 
Very great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Anakin wasn't tortured very much in in the prequels at all. You know, he just right. sort of just like was just a bystander to his own story and all. Yeah. And it just, ugh. you know, on the, on the, just the idea of like your um, your OnlyFans, you're talking about reading Lord of the Rings. Why don't you read the uh, the entire script of Star Wars? I mean, I could. You know, there's only so much you could do with that. I idea. love your idea. I can't get that out of my head. I think it's just so funny. <laughs> how it actually plays out as a, as a viewing experience. Cause I don't know if that's something someone would jerk off to per se. And I don't know if it's something that you would just sit there and watch either. I don't, I don't know how, where these ideas fit as far as a form of entertainment. I think I just need to make them, you know, I mean, I do have other ideas that are strictly pornographic, like, you know, like super villain dungeon. Is, sure. is is the is another idea you know, <laughs> okay kind of that what that would be you know but if you want me to describe it you know the <laughs> uh bondage rough sex and cosplay all mixed together okay but, love know, it yeah but you know what it's like what happens what i what really frustrates me a lot about mainstream pornography when they try to do these type of things is they never they always lose the break character you know it's like there's this one, or they just sort of like it, it always, like they set it up. They Sometimes they go through great lengths to put everybody in the costume and make a set, and then they start going, and then it just devolves into just a vanilla fuck scene. Right. You know? okay. And I hate that. Like there's this famous blowbang scene of the Super Friends where they like defeat, and it's, it's shot in like the sort of 1966 Batman style. Okay. So like there was a live action Justice League show that had like Adam West and Burt Ward as reprising their roles. This was in the seventies. And then they cast other characters as like Superman. This was where they had that really unfortunate character, Ghetto Man. Do you remember that? No, I don't oh, remember no. that. <laughs> this was during the sort of like variety, the, the last, the last days of the variety show. Okay. You know, I don't remember what like variety shows were like back yeah, in the right. like, Donnie and Marie show where it'd be mm-hmm. sort of, like, a musical review. Right. They'd have celebrity guests and they go through all these little bits and everything like that. And they would do celebrity roasts and stuff like that. Well, there was like a Justice League version of this, <laughs> you know. And they would just do kooky stuff. They had like Hawkman with the foam wings and everything like that. And then there was a character called Ghetto Man. Just look it up. It's on YouTube. It's just, it's not. I, I feel like I've seen this. Yeah. It's, but, but, so this porno was sort of like that, except it was like after Wonder Woman, after they defeat Lex Luthor, Wonder Woman is the only woman there. And she's like, okay, guys, it's blow bang time. You know? and, then, and then like Superman. Batman, Robin, Green Lantern, and the Flash just like just gang fuck her in the mouth, and it's awesome until about halfway through she takes off all her clothes, including the tiara, and then she's not Wonder Woman anymore. She's just a woman. <laughs> I mean, she's still hot, but it's just like <laughs> you ruined it. You got to right. That's why the Japanese porn is so correct because they keep the costume on. If yeah. The outfit. If the if the porno is about the character, mm-hmm. they stay in character. Right, you know, that makes sense. That's important. Okay, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, I agree. It's uh, something again I've never I thought think, about. Uh, I think uh, I think you might have a bright career in the adult industry. <laughs> I appreciate the encouragement. I hope uh, I'll see. I'll see. It's a lot. It's very difficult to get off the ground. I'm still stuck here making figures. You know. Now, would you stop making figures altogether? You think? No, I wouldn't. I would like to not have it be my day job because that's like what it is right now. It's like, uh-huh. 
it's like that thing where like if I need when it's when I need to make money, I can come here and make stuff and get paid, and I can do it even if I'm not inspired to do it. You know, which is what makes it a job. Right. You know, I mean, I I'm inspired enough that I have some idea that I'm pursuing, and it's like I believe in the work, but it's like I'm not like enjoying doing it. You know, I mean, it's like I've been doing this for 15 years as a full time job, and it's like that's a blessing. I'm not knocking that at all. But, you know, it doesn't offer anything new for mm-hmm. me. It's just mm-hmm. like, okay, do it, go through the process, get it done, make your money, get your little accolades on Instagram, and then it's over. And then what do I have to show except that I didn't acquire more debt? You know, and it's, yeah. like, right. it's not fulfilling me in the way that like other, these other ideas will, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get things off the ground and I only have so much time to work on it. So we'll just, uh, Watch the space. It's, once it gets slotted, maybe you'll see something. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Invite, invite us to the world premiere. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure that you get the invite to join the join the site. I'm going to keep it cheap too. Okay. Okay. How, how much? <laughs> uh, like six bucks a month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you got to make me pay I'm for in. everything else. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know how it works. I look at. I see some women charging anywhere from 15 to 50 bucks a month. Wow. You know? And then it's like, I mean, some of them, like that's their full-time job and they're right, constantly right. making content, content, but it's like amazing because there's some chicks that have like, you know, tens of thousands of followers and they're all paying 45 bucks a month. Like, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's money. I don't know. I'm not going to pull that off the front. You know, no. I might, if I really create an empire of cool shit, but I don't, ha- I don't think I'm going to make that much money just shaving my balls every month. <laughs> I think also, too, it depends on your talent, though, right? Like, if you get high-end talent. I mean, it doesn't even have to. I mean, it, for... For face value right up front, I think your talent would matter, right? You mean the talent meaning the other performers? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course that matters. But it's like... Probably when it probably when it launches, it's probably just going to be me doing solo shit. Turn off on toys. Well, I have like a flashlight video that I made. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it, I'm just doing it to just sort of break through my own barriers. Oh, I can hear it. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. It's like just part of the landscape now. You know, I mean, I'm right over here by the Manhattan Bridge and there's been a lot of action that's like people love to use the Manhattan Bridge mm-hmm. as a staging area for their, for their civic unrest. But anyway, so. Damn, can you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Honestly, that, that shit's inspiring. Yeah, baby, Gabe, get off your fucking ass and be part yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting. And this is what I mean, like when we're talking about in our last episode that like, well, there's not as much of a spotlight, like it's still going on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I hope you don't mind this little bit interruption here. We are going to do a really quick ad spot for one of our, another one of our favorite sponsors. That's right. Multiversecomicbox.com. Baby Gabe, I know you love comics. As you said, multiple times, that's why you do this show, right? Absolutely. Um, But what better way to get your comic book collection started by getting a mystery box of comics every week? I mean, tell me, how awesome is that? Oh, it's fantastic, especially not knowing what's going to come in. Uh, It's always something, you know, new and exciting to read. What would be one comic book that would make you lose your shit if you heard it? Or, sorry, you saw it. Oh, man. Honestly, right now, with how I'm feeling, maybe something like Carnage related. Oh, yeah? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. the first appearance of... All about the mayhem of Cletus Cassidy? Yeah. 
Yeah, you hear that multiverse complex? They actually might do that because they do offer multiple tiers. Uh, so it's kind of glad you bring that up. So what they offer is you know your standard twelve comic book uh, box, but they also have uh, boxes that actually are CGC graded comics. And who knows that CGC graded comic could be the first appearance of Carnage, which would be mind blowing, and even a better deal for that matter. And it would even be an even greater deal because when you sign up with our code Uncle Dad Ten. You actually get 10% off your first month subscription. I mean, realistically, depending on what box you got, you're actually going to basically get a comic book for free. I mean, that's that's pretty solid if you ask me. But, you know, don't, it, is a, it is a mystery box, so keep that in mind. You might not get all winners, but I promise you'll get at least one. With that being said, baby Gabe, if you haven't done so, you better sign up right now. Oh, you know I have. Oh, do I? Uh, I want yes, you to do an unboxing right now. <laughs> All right. Well, you, well, we'll do that eventually. We should do an unboxing. I think we should uh, yeah. do an unboxing for uh, Multiverse Combox. But anyways, enough of me blabbing. Check them out, multiversecombox.com. Promo code UncleDad10. Enjoy the rest of the show. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. What ah, a great time to be alive. I know. Great time to be alive. Yeah. That's awesome. It's just weird because the stuff that I'm doing, you know, doesn't really fit into the so-called contemporary art world. And I don't know. know, I, I, I think your art is more needed now than it, than it ever was in my opinion. Well, I, in that case, I'll make it as long as people want it, but it's just like, it's just weird. I'm just this, person out here by myself just making it and just selling it and it's like i'm not connected to any institutions right. or organizations or any backing mm-hmm. i don't have any relationships i'm not sponsored or promoted by anybody i'm just out here you know and it's just like that's cool and everything but it just sometimes i feel like it's just not doing anything and it's just you know just saying the same thing to people that already already know they like it and it's like I don't like the art world, whatever the fuck that means, the art fairs, the galleries, the publications, the museums, you know, the foundations, the critics, never, ever, ever have any interaction with them whatsoever. The closest I ever got was when I was on that fucking reality show. Yeah. And they all basically told me to suck it and fuck off, you know? So it was like, and I don't see anything there. I mean, that appeals to me. I go to fucking... Art Basel, and I look at it, and it's like 10% of it is cool, and the rest of it is just shit. And the people that make it and buy it are just not my people. Right. And, but then I go to the toy conventions, too, and I feel more akin to those people as far as what my taste is and everything. But I don't fit into that world either. You know, like it's like the, the numbers are too small, and it's just like a lot of it is steeped in nostalgia, and mm-hmm. I don't feel like what I'm doing is nostalgia, you know, and uh, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, building upon people's familiarity, familiarity with things they may be nostalgic about, but I'm not like hearkening back or just doing like these sort of pieces that throw, make you feel like you're a kid again. I mean, I'm doing adult stuff Mm -hmm. with it, you know, I'm like using your familiarity with GI Joe to put it in a space that says something contemporary and political or, make some sort of comment on the human condition. And, you know, that's not necessarily what you see in the toy world. It's like, Hey, I made this Darth Vader that's painted with the color scheme of, of Skeletor. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. I like that. That's cool. But you know, that's like, 
that's the extent of it as far as the sort of like concept, you know, and it's like, that's just not, and the people that buy that stuff, you know, who are like looking for like the really mint paint job and everything are going to look at what I'm doing and just, it's not going to connect with them. And it's like, I don't, like it doesn't know where the hell this shit fits in. And it's like tiresome after a while, you know, to just be like, everyone is like, oh, you're, you're going to be remembered as X, Y, Z. And I'm like, that's great. But what about now, motherfucker? It's like, right, right. What you know, about like now? I had a psychic yeah. tell me in se- it's going to take them seven, it's going to, in seven generations, they're going to, finally understand what you did and be like great i'll be long fucking dead like, <laughs> what should i do while i'm alive you know and it's like you know if it ain't fucking then it just ain't worth it <laughs> if it ain't fucking it just ain't worth it that there you go <laughs> i think that's our episode title that's yeah that's our that's our episode title for sure <laughs> okay, well, you can have it <laughs> <laughs> um, i have to tell you because i think we're going to wrap it up soon i have to okay. tell you um okay. thank you so much for taking the time yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> i know you appreciate it you don't have to i don't need you to fall all over yourself congratulations i mean i have to though i mean, I to, you know what I mean? that's what i do right, i want to take that away from you so go ahead <laughs> yeah yeah let me let me continue my groveling please <laughs> but anyways i appreciate you taking the time as always um i would like to have you back on and i want to talk about star wars in depth with you if you want to sure yeah if you're down for it of course let's go um, your audience says my audience is going to fuck with this. I can tell you right now. Okay. My audience is going to like you more than you realize. Like, okay. I think, I'm happy I, to hear some feedback on that because, you know, a lot of times these things are fun to do, but you just sort of feel like you're like howling into the void. You know, there's not always a lot of like feedback afterwards. So if you got any good messages for me. Oh, I got you. Fan, I got you. Let me, let me know. I got fans in Germany too and they know who they are. So Okay, good. Well, I mean, it, ma- it does, it matters, you know, it fucking, it makes a difference. You know, people sometimes, I get weird DMs from people and they're like, oh, you're probably too busy to do it to anybody. And I'm like, dude, I appreciate the fact that you took the time to like write a whole paragraph about something I did, you know, like that. I need to know that, you know, I need to know that it's actually touching somebody. Right. Otherwise I just press send and what? Wait for the check. Right, you know, right. It's, like, it's nice to get the feedback. So I if I can ask you straight up, why did you agree to do this? This? Yeah. Well, I mean, I for the two reasons. One general generic reason is just like unless something is like real ramshackle or nothing or stupid or bullshit, I pretty much do every interview that I get asked. I don't get asked all the time, so it's like somebody's got an operation going and has something happening and they want to talk to me for an hour, I'll do it, you know, just because you never know, like who I never know. Most of the people that hit me up that want to talk to me or interview me or come over here and buy something wind up being people I fuck with, you know, and you know, it's how I make friends and it's just like, it doesn't cost me anything. So it's just worth checking out. But specifically you, 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 you sort of, tingled my bell because you came at me with the sex angle and that was like before the before the riots had started and I was very much like positioning myself to really go full throttle into that and so it just the fact that you came at me from that tip just felt like oh I'm getting that sort of like weird sort of cosmic confirmation from the universe that I'm on the right path you know right right right. somebody I don't even know 
is just coming at me out of the blue and is sort of like sort of vibing with where I'm trying to go, it, at, at the very least, let me just use that as an opportunity to just sort of talk out my ideas with somebody that's interested and just see if I sound crazy or not, you know? Because, you know, and that's sort of what I wanted to use this as maybe an hour of free therapy. Okay, <laughs> I like it, I like it. We're, we're here for that. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, helped, it helped a lot, you know, just in that regard. I mean, I got what I wanted in that, in that sense. You know, so thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah, yeah. What we're um, here for. Well, um, I want to. I want you back on the show, but actually, let's. I want to dive more into the sexual aspect. I just don't think I was prepared for that. Let's do. A, I want to do the real dive into sexuality and comedy because that's a big thing for me too. Because I totally get what you're saying. Because like, I would say I'm a pretty sexual being, and I would like to kind of really dive into that. And nobody talks about that. Nobody. Everybody's always afraid to talk about sexual bullshit in comic books. So let's let's do it. You know, I mean. Let's talk about all these weird things that's happened. Let's talk about Colossus being gay. You know what I mean? Let's talk about all that stuff. Colossus is gay. He's gay now. Or he was gay. And I don't think he is anymore, but he was. Iceman is too. Iceman's gay too, yeah. Okay. But I mean, I know Colossus had a, a long-standing relationship, romantic relationship with Kitty Pride, right? Or is that not canon anymore? I don't think it's... I mean, it's probably still canon, but I think it's, it wasn't a part of the story anymore. Oh, but was he closeted or something at the time? Or? So, I do what they do nowadays with all these comics, it's like they'll re-release something and they'll be like, "Oh, hey, this is X-Men whatever the fuck." And now Kitty Pride's a lesbian or you know what I mean? Like it just just a well, recon I mean, or something. Not, I mean, I, that makes sense to me because just like anything anything that goes on and on and on and on just becomes bloated and weighed down with its own canon. You sure, know? right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that was smart of Disney to flush all the expanded universe because that's so restricting, you know. Yeah. And I guess I can, I mean, doesn't, hasn't Spider-Man like been rebooted a million times or now yep, taking yep. place in like an alternate galaxy or an alternate universe? <laughs> like yeah, there's, there's so, Spider-Man in general is one of those characters that's been like changed and changed time after time. So yeah. I am a big Miles Morales fan, I'll tell you that. I fucking Miles Morales That's so too. funny. We were actually just talking about that. Yeah. How like Miles Morales needs to shine on the, the big screen and yeah. what that specifically said, fuck Peter Parker. I did say fuck Peter Parker. <laughs> not bad at Peter Parker, but I mean, it's just, it's just so funny. You know what is like a real genre on the internet right now and on Twitter is like black kids saying, that's me, when they see Miles Morales. You know, oh, really? I see so many clips of just a kid or a person, you know, of color watching uh, a Spider-Verse and seeing Miles Morales and being like, oh, that's me. And like... White people take that type of shit for granted because oh, white absolutely. people have always seen themselves without having to think about it. And so, and you know, and you never consider that like, oh, well, you're black, but who cares? You can be a fan of, of Thor, right? I mean, yeah, but it still matters. You know, it still matters. I mean, we live in a society that makes such a big deal about what your race is that if you don't see in any heroes, I mean, if we lived in a, a, a totally egalitarian society, it might not matter, you know? Right. I mean, I've got plenty of black heroes, but, you know, but that's like, I'm, I'm an advanced, white people can have black heroes because they get to have whatever they want. You right. know, it's like, you know, if you want to be a black comic fan in like the eighties, you don't have that many people to choose from. And Star Wars is fucked with you real hard. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what you have Lando Calrissian and then you have that Bespin guard way in the background <laughs> and, then, and then that's it. But, you know, I mean, the, the, the Sun Man, the Sun Man story is the one that really gets me more than anything. You know, Sun Man. I'm not familiar with that. No, Sun Man is a line of of he. I know you're trying to end this, but I'm just, <laughs> Sun Man is a line of sort of He Man knockoff figures 
that came out in the eighties and they're all, uh, they're all black characters for the most part. It's like, really? it was a, a woman, okay. um, an, uh, who, uh, who wanted to buy some He-Man toys for her son and her son was reluctant to buy, to get them because I can't be He-Man cause he's white, you know? And, you know, she was outraged by that and went so far as to create a whole line of toys from nothing, you know, that were just, were black characters as He-Man. And I think, I mean, that's a great story, but I can just imagine, you know, when I was a kid and I walked into the toy store for the first time and saw all the Masters of the Universe figures for the first time, I didn't question it at all. I knew immediately that is for me. Right. That's mine. And I bought and I had my mom buy it for me and I didn't question it. I cannot imagine just how sad and alienating it must be to see all that awesome shit and not feel invited. You know, that's just right. so painful to imagine of being a three year old boy and being denied, you know, a sense of belonging to all that shit that made meant so much to me. And it's like it, that shit just can't fucking stand. That shit can't fucking stand. And that's why Miles Morales is like a good start, you oh, know, yeah. to just mm-hmm. like, it's so simple. And like, wh- I, I'm white. I love Miles Morales. I don't, it's fucking great, you know? Yeah, yeah. I got a million Dominican friends, you know? And it's like, I know who Miles Morales is, you know? He's not yeah. some exotic creature, you know? Mm-hmm. He's a New Yorker, you know? And right. I love seeing him do the big things. It's amazing. That is the best way to end the show. So with that... <laughs> With that being said, Suck Lord, thank you so much. Okay, thanks. It was great talking to you and stay in touch. Absolutely. All right, later. Okay, bye.